This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, February 18th, 2023, I would like to wish you a happy cow milked while flying in an airplane day. I'm hyped. I'm hyped for today's show. I'll give you a couple reasons why, but first, I want to give a quick shout out to a community on Twitter. It's called Chill Ohio State Hoops Talk, and it's exactly what you expect. If you're tired of potentially negative Ohio State fans, potentially fans who maybe are not the most supportive in other communities that you are in or forums, you can join the Chill Ohio State Hoops Talk. For more information, DM me on Twitter. Of course, we are at the shot pod in today's show we're going to talk purdue i tweeted last night there's two foolproof ways to beating the boilermakers and that is not a joke these are not spoilers teasers whatever you want to call them these are real but i will have them at the end of the show that's not a way to keep you here for the entirety of the podcast it's just how i structure my show every single time i do a preview so You're just going to have to deal with it. You can always skip ahead to the end, but you might miss some important topics of discussion here to start the show. So I guess that's just going to have to be a risk, a calculated risk that you're going to be willing to take should you decide to do so. But I do have two. These are real keys. Any team can use them to beat Purdue, backed with data, science, all that you need right here. But before we get into that, Let's talk about how we got here. Today's show, I'm going to review Ohio State's last game against Purdue, which occurred on January 5th. We'll go through Purdue's resume. We'll talk about their team as a whole and their performance. We'll go into individual performers, a la Zach Eady. And then finally, we'll get into keys to the game. So let's start with Ohio State's last game against Purdue. And unless something crazy happens, probably the final time Ohio State takes on Purdue this season. January 5th was the date of this game, and I wrote in my handy-dandy show notes, this was the beginning of the end to the season. At this time, Ohio State was ranked 24th in the nation. This is back when... Ken Palm and all the analytics and computers loved Ohio State. They weren't just the thickest team in NCAA, the All-American Thick Boys, but this was a good basketball team. They're ranked 24th in the nation. They have just beaten Northwestern, who has also beaten Purdue. But Purdue would win this game 71-69. to Not only is it the beginning of the end of the season because Ohio State started losing a bunch of games, but Zed Key was also hurt in this one. Of course, Fletcher Lawyer hits a game-winning three-pointer for Purdue. Ohio State falls to 10-4 on the year, 2-1 in the conference. Oh, to go back to those days and warn my previous self on what was to come for Ohio State basketball. Bryce Sensenbaugh, 21 points in this one, 10 of 17 from the field. He played in 36 minutes. Nice game from Bryce Sensenbaugh. Of course, Zed Key only played four minutes. This was the game as well, one of the highlight plays of the season. Felix Akpara blocks Zach Eady 
Tanner Holden gets the ball fed to him. He feeds it to Bryce Sensabaugh, who goes in transition for a slam. Highlight real play. And, well, there haven't been many more of those plays this season. How did Ohio State guard Zach Eady? I went back and I, I looked at the film. Yeah, last night when you were out enjoying life or maybe playing a game or two of choice on on your Xbox or PlayStation or gaming console or just hanging out with your friends. I don't know what you do on Friday nights. What I do on Friday nights is I sit down on my laptop. I go look at Ohio State and Purdue in their last game. I do the hard work here, all right? I'm, I'm the lunch pail guy. I'm the gym rat. I looked at how Ohio State guarded Zach Eady. He finished with 16 points, 11 rebounds. Not a game-breaking game for Zach Eady. How did the Buckeyes guard him? Well, very clear how they wanted to handle him on ball screens and on the pick and roll. Whenever Zach Eady got to the top of the key to go set a ball screen, a weak side, typically a forward, would shrink into the paint and essentially fill where Zach Eady was going to go. So that 7'4", 305-pound frame couldn't get an easy catch on a roll right below the hoop. Ohio State made a priority to not allow Zach Eady to get the ball on the pick and roll. And it worked pretty well. The only times that he really got the ball, Bruce Thornton had fouled him on a pick and roll. I think Senzenball also had a foul on a pick and roll. But he never really got the ball cleanly to be able to go score. So interesting to see that. And then depending on who guarded Zach Eady, you'd see either a choke on the dribble, a choke immediately, or sometimes a double altogether. Typically, a double would come when Eugene Brown was guarding Zach Eady, of course. Eugene Brown, poor Eugene Brown, who just has to go in and, and guard the biggest player on the team when Zed Key can't play or when Key and Akpara need minutes to rest. When Eugene Brown would be on Zach Eady, you would see a double pretty much immediately, but a lot of choking and then returning or doubling on the dribble on Zach Eady. And then Ohio State made an emphasis to play a pack line defense. If you're not familiar with pack line defense, typically that means if you're on the ball, you're guarding on the ball, then you're guarding your man. And then if you are a reversal or a swing pass away from the ball, you're putting yourself in between your man and the ball, watching the ball, and sinking behind the three-point line. And then if you're anywhere further than a pass away from the ball, typically you've got a foot in the paint and you're ready to play help defense at that point. So Ohio State really shrunk in their defense, made an emphasis to be able to help in the paint on Zach Eady. And it didn't go horribly. Again, Eady found himself with 16 points, 11 rebounds in the win for Purdue in a game that Ohio State almost won. So we'll talk in a second here about how Ohio State can beat Purdue. But let's first talk about Purdue's resume. Little bit better than Ohio State's Purdue. As of Friday night, as games were being played, ranked six in Ken Palm, fifth in net, and they are nine and four in quad one games, one of the top teams in the country when it comes to quad one wins in total. Purdue 
also 12-1 at home. And this game on Sunday will be at Purdue and West Lafayette. So very, very tough to take out Purdue when they're playing on their home court. Great arena there. Mackey Arena is a very, very solid venue built for college basketball, which you'll love to see. Purdue, previously in this season, they've beaten Marquette. That's kind of a a signature win for the Boilermakers out of conference. They beat Marquette 75 to 70, and then they beat West Virginia, Gonzaga, Duke, all on the same weekend. I believe that was a Thursday, Friday, Sunday weekend for Purdue. Beat West Virginia 80 to 68, beat Gonzaga, beat Duke as well. And that was in the Phil Knight Invitational. So a couple more signature wins. Obviously, Gonzaga is the best win on Purdue's resume as of right now. And then wins over West Virginia, Duke, not bad at all either. West Virginia, probably on the outside looking in right now for the tournament. But residing in the Big 12, they're a solid team. And then obviously, Duke should be in the tournament. Not really any reason to discuss if they'll be in at this time. Also because this isn't a Duke College basketball podcast. This is about Ohio State. But being Duke, another good win. Four losses on the year for Purdue. That's it. They've lost just four games, all coming in the Big Ten. They lost to Rutgers and then Indiana, Northwestern, Maryland. They've lost two in a row and three of their last four. So if there's ever a time to take on Purdue, it's probably when they're not the hottest team in the nation or they're far from it. And that's what this Purdue team is right now. Two losses in a row, those coming to Northwestern and Maryland. Maryland, a team trying to play their way into the NCAA tournament. Obviously, Indiana, not the worst loss in the world to have. And neither is Rutgers. Purdue, as a team, they are 10th in adjusted offensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. One of the better teams offensively in the nation, obviously led and anchored by Zach Eady and a bunch of his friends. We'll talk about individual performers in a second. They're sixth in the Big Ten in scoring at 73 points per game. They're third in the Big Ten field goal percentage at 46%. That's helped in large part due to, again, Zach Eady. Braden Smith, good shooter as well. We'll talk about him in a second. And they're eighth. In three-point percentage in the Big Ten at just 33%. So, Purdue, not a team that's going to shoot the lights out on you from three or from inside the three-point line. But they are an efficient team. And that comes a lot to feeding Zach Eady. How about defensively? How does this Purdue team stack up? Well, they're 26 in adjusted defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. 10th in offensive, 26 in defensive So another solid team, top to bottom, is Purdue. They're second in defensive scoring in the Big Ten, giving up 62 points per game. That is a stingy, stingy defense scoring-wise. And then their their field goal percentage against 41%. That's six in the Big Ten. That's fine, I suppose. And they are third in the Big Ten with their three-point defense sitting at 30%. So the biggest thing to take note of here is that they just, they stifle teams 
Defensively, they do not allow a lot of scoring. 62 points per game is a solid place to be in. And then Purdue is the best free throw shooting team in the Big Ten. They're at 75.7% of their free throws going in as a team this season. That's a great number. Flat out, just a great number. Ohio State obviously was 11 of 11 in their last loss, but didn't shoot another free throw in the second half against Iowa. All those free throws came in the first, so it didn't matter. That helped their free throw percentage, obviously, on the season, but Purdue consistently has been a good free throw shooting team. As you might expect, led by a young man who is 7 foot 4, 305 pounds, Purdue is the best team in rebounding in the Big 10 and you could argue they're the best team in the nation. When it comes to rebounding, they're averaging 38.7 rebounds per game, which is barely better than Illinois for first place in the Big 10. But when you go to rebounding margin, oh my goodness, Purdue is at plus 10.9 rebounds per game. They're averaging nearly 11 more rebounds than the team they face in games this season, which is nowhere close to anyone else in college basketball. 10.9, they're at 11. If you go on the NCAA website, they show it just the the simple number, and they don't even round up. So on NCAA.com, you'll see Purdue at 10-plus rebounds per game. It's 10.9. It's basically 11. The next closest teams were at 8. You've got a bunch of teams at 8, then 7, then 6. So it's not close whatsoever, and Purdue basically has a 3 rebounds per game advantage over even the next best team when it comes to rebounding margin. This is a phenomenal rebounding team. They'll pull down a bunch of rebounds, and they will not let you grab yours. Purdue, also a team that will move the ball well. They're third in the Big Ten in assists this year, helped in large part due to Braden Smith, as I said, we'll talk about in a second. So that's Purdue as a team, a team that very solid offensively, very solid defensively. They don't give up a lot of points. They don't score the most points in the Big Ten, far from it, or the most points in the NCAA, anything like that. But they win their games simply because, number one, they're going to out-rebound you, and they're just going to get more chances, more shots, more opportunities, which also means less chances for the opposing team. So they're going to go out-rebound you, and they're just efficient offensively they make their shots at an okay clip when it comes to pace and possessions and things like that Purdue just scores more points that's how they've won games this year that's how they've been a really really solid team so that's what you should expect on Sunday when Purdue takes on Ohio State now if you look at my show notes which you can't these are private these are top secret show notes you'll see I've got two more sections remaining here. Number one, we'll talk about individual performers, and then we will talk about keys to the game. So if you are sitting there saying, I hate being teased, I hate being tantalized, I apologize, but I'm going to continue to do it until we can move on to the keys to the game, which are very real. 
even as I talk about it now, I feel like you're probably like, they can't be real, right? He's making it up. He's talking about them so much as being real, trying to make me believe that they're real, that I just don't believe that they're real. Reverse psychology is going against my favor at this point, but they are real. So stick with me. Let's move on to individual performers, and then I'll give you the foolproof two-step plan to beating the Purdue Boilermaker. Someone get me in touch with Chris Holtman, by the way. He needs to know this. All right. Individual performers, obviously, we must start with Zach Eady. Junior center, 7'4", 305, hails from that nation up north, the nation up north of Canada. When you pull up NCAA stats, you know this guy is legit. It's not just in the Big Ten that he's dominating. His numbers are impressive across the entire nation. He's averaging 22 points per game. So great job, Ohio State, on giving up six less than his average points per game. First in the conference, first among power six schools, and fifth in the nation is his 22 points per game. Also averaging nearly 13 rebounds per game. That's 12.8 to be exact. He's first in the Big Ten. And he's second in the nation among Power 6 schools. And his field goal percentage at 62% is sixth among Power 6 schools. This is a player who, at the start of the year, was getting all of the talk. It was essentially a done deal in December that Zach Eady would be the national player of the year. We'll see what happens with that, but regardless... Zach Eady, one of the best players when it comes to college basketball on the floor, night in and night out. He may not pan out as an NBA talent. The NBA has changed a lot. Traditional post-up players typically do not pan out in the NBA unless you can add a shot or you can be a stretch forward or something like that. But when you have someone who's 7'4 and 300 pounds, hard to move that young man. So we'll see what happens in his future. That's not what I'm here to talk about, though. So I won't spend time on it. But Zach Eady, whether it's Zed Key, who I encouraged Ohio State to bench for the foreseeable future until he's actually healthy and can contribute to this team. I'm sorry, but I do not want Zed Key extending his shoulder, the player who he hurt his shoulder against. I don't want him extending his shoulder against Zach Eady, trying to defend him. And assuming that he's not going to get hurt again. He's in big time pain. I say bench him. Hard to bench him against Zach Eady. I'm not Chris Holtman. I'm not the medical staff. I have no inside information. I don't know what will happen. But if it were me, it's hard to play him. It's also hard to bench him when you're going up against Zach Eady. Again, one of the top scorers. Very efficient with his field goal percentage. Rebounds the ball really well. Ohio State played him okay. Even rebounding. They gave up 11 rebounds. Felix Akpara just extended his arms in a legal manner when boxing out Zach Eady and just moved him. Little Felix Akpara. He did well. Purdue. They don't have another player in the top 25 in in the Big Ten Conference individual scores. It's Zach Eady, number one. And then two through 25 are all players who do not don a Purdue 
uniform. That doesn't mean that they don't have big-time threats. just means Zach Eady does a majority of the scoring for Purdue. Two other players I'll mention. Those freshman guards that you talk about with Purdue, those are the ones who I'll talk about. Fletcher Lawyer, of course, at the game-winning three against Ohio State in their first matchup. He averages 12 points per game. He's second on the team in assists at just 2.5 assists per game. Not the best distributor of the ball, or at least that's what the stats would tell you. He's got an 82% free throw percentage on the year. Very solid. He contributes to Purdue being the best free throw shooting team in the Big Ten. And I believe Purdue has three or four players shooting 80% or better from the free throw line. Very, very solid. And then he's not the greatest shooter. His field goal percentage, his three-point percentage do not jump out at you. Of course, he hit that three against Ohio State, but on the year... He's shooting just 33.6% from three. It's not great. So when that shot went up against Ohio State, the odds were he doesn't really have a better chance of hitting this than any other three-point shooter in the Big Ten or in the nation, for that matter. But it went in, and Purdue won the game. You hate the turnover that happened before it. Wonder. Everyone, everyone, it seems like, in Buckeye Nation, wonders what would have happened if Ohio State wouldn't have turned the ball over Justice Suing, a player that Buckeye fans love to hate on. Sorry. I'm bringing it up again. That turnover. If you, you just have to wonder if there was no turnover there, Purdue doesn't get the ball back, if Ohio State actually gets a chance to get a shot off to win the game, what would have happened with that season? I guess we'll never know. Braden Smith. I'll move on from Fletcher Lawyer and talk about Braden Smith. Braden Smith. He's from Westfield, Indiana, a local kid. Fletcher Lawyer, by the way, from West Lafayette, Indiana. That is where the Purdue Boilermakers hail from. Braden Smith, he's an 18-hour walk from West Lafayette. Why, when I typed into Google Maps, did it tell me how long of a walk Westfield is from West Lafayette? I don't know, but that's what it told me. An 18-hour walk, if you're curious translates to, converts to, I don't know what the word is, a one-hour drive, okay? Just so you know. I, I, I know that you are you came into the show wanting to know how long of a walk Braden Smith would have from his hometown to West Lafayette. Now you know. This is a fact that you know that no other Ohio State fans or probably anyone knows. You are now the most well-informed Ohio State Buckeye fan in the nation if you listen to this podcast. Speaking of, if you haven't followed, subscribed, liked, Found us on Twitter. What are you doing? Anyways, Braden Smith. Good ball player. Good kid. From the north side of Indianapolis. A suburb, you could say. Enough about where he's from. 10 points per game. That's third on the team. And the only player outside of Lawyer and Edie who are averaging double digits in scoring this year. This is a player who's efficient with his scoring. He's got a 46% field goal percentage. He's first on the team in assists per game at 4.3, doubling up the next best, who I believe is Fletcher Lawyer or maybe someone else. But Smith, a guy who can distribute the ball. And three-point shooting, he's best three-point shooter on the team, 41.6%. Now that is a number that you can get behind. Braden Smith, a really, really solid shooter 
from deep. Purdue as a team, again, it's Zach Eady who does the bulk of the scoring, who does the bulk of shouldering the load for Purdue. And then you've got Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith, two freshman guards who Purdue has been leaning on this season. And those are the players who you should be watching out for in this one. Keys to the game. Are you ready? You excited to hear my keys to the game? If you've been listening along and you've been waiting for these two keys to the game that I've been hyping up more than anything in the history of this show, which doesn't say much because the history of the show is only a few weeks. Again, still have not done a recap show on an Ohio State win. That's how young we are. Usually that wouldn't be a bad thing. It would only mean we've done, what, two, three shows? We've done a fair amount more than that. Anywho, keys to the game. These are real. These are foolproof. I went back and looked at the numbers, and this is what I've got. Number one, key to the game is hold Purdue to two players in double digits. That may sound weird. That may sound like an arbitrary stat. Maybe it is, and if so, don't care. This is what has happened in Purdue's last three losses. They've dropped three of four. This is what's happened in their three losses. Against Maryland, Smith and Edie both scored 18. Their next best scorer on the team, two players had six points. They got no production. It was Smith and it was Edie. Outside of that, two players had six points outside of the 18 points. You need some more help there, I think, outside of Braden Smith and Zach Eady. How about their loss to Northwestern? Feeling pretty recent. Just on Sunday, it happened. Zach Eady had 24. Braden Smith had 10. Barely scored in double digits, and their next best scorer had 9. Another loss, another game in which two players get in double digits. The rest don't really help out that much. And then, what happened in Purdue's loss against Indiana? You may be wondering. Well, I have the answer for you. Zach Eady scored 33 points. Great game, Zach Eady. Fletcher Lawyer had 12. And the next best, just like the game against Maryland in which they lost, they had two players score six points. Now, you may be wondering, what about in this stretch where Purdue has lost three of four? What about the win? Well, Purdue beat Iowa during this stretch of four games. And guess what happened? You're, you're going to be floored. If you're drinking something right now, you should take a sip so that you can have a appropriate spit take because you're going to be shocked by this. Three losses. Purdue had two players score double digits. In their one win over this stretch, guess how many players scored in double figures? I'll let you wait. I'll let you take your sip. Ready? Five. Five players scored in double figures in Purdue's win over Iowa. I have found the first key to this game. I've unlocked it for you right here on this podcast. It's do not let three players score in double figures. Limit scoring to two players. Take everyone else out of the game. Do not allow them to consistently contribute to this game. And you'll be fine. The stats don't lie. The numbers don't lie. 
In each of their last three losses, two players scored in double figures. That was it. In their one win over the stretch, five players score in double figures. It's real. That's key number one. Key number two, again, coming from these past four games, don't let shooters get hot. What did Purdue do in their losses? In their past three losses, they scored two, two shots from behind the arc. They made two threes against Maryland. That is not a recipe to winning. You know what else is not a recipe to winning? Going five of 22 against Northwestern. That's what they did. Ohio State did a little worse than that. But Purdue, five of 22 against Northwestern in a losing effort. Not good enough. Against Indiana, six of 18. That's not necessarily that bad. Six of 18 isn't horrible, but still not good enough. They would lose to Indiana. And then I'm about to pound my fist on the desk by how excited I get over these two keys to the game. What did they do? In their win against Iowa, I'll give you a chance to think about it. Take another sip. If if you've just gotten done cleaning up your spit take, get another towel. Against Iowa, Purdue went 10 of 27 from behind the arc. That is not only a good shooting percentage from deep, but it's also a lot of threes made. 10. These are your two keys to the game. It's foolproof. It will work. I don't necessarily know the how behind it. That's Chris Holtman's job. I just gave him kind of the map to get there. And that is allow two players to score double figures, no more. And do not let Purdue shooters get hot, specifically Braden Smith. Don't let him get hot. Don't let this team make a bunch of threes as a whole. And you've got a chance to beat Purdue. This is what it is. You may think I'm making it up. You can go back and check the numbers yourself. I don't have enough to pay a fact checker here at the pod. So you're going to have to do it for me. But this is legit. This is real. Look into it. These are the two keys to the game. I will be back on Monday morning to recap Ohio State at Purdue. I'm excited to be there with you. I really, really hope that you're paying attention to these keys to the game. See what happens on Sunday. I give Ohio State a 0% chance to win this game if they don't hit on both of these keys to the game. So I appreciate you listening along. It's been a great journey. It seems like after every podcast, I get a DM or a tweet of some kind thanking or offering support for the podcast, saying they enjoy it. So I appreciate that. If you have done so, it means the world to me. Thanks so much. Again, what would mean the world to me even more would be if you told your friends and family about the pod, but I won't act needy at this point. We're 32 minutes into the show. I doubt you're even still listening, so I better close this off, right? This has been... The Views from the Shop podcast. I appreciate you listening and joining in. Go Bucks.